Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi guys, welcome back to the City Confessions. I can't believe I only have, well not only, but a month left of this season and then we're going to wrap up season four. So it's so exciting. But today we have Dana and Brian Lee. They are the power couple behind the blog and Instagram account Arts and Food New York City. They are also the founders of AF Creative Media, which is a Tony Award winning production company, which is so amazing. <laughs> so welcome. Hi, how are you guys? Hi, We're great. You. That was such we a sound lovely. so impressive. It's I my know. You guys are. That's to my mother. Like that's kind of, that yeah, that's, sound bite is, is great. Yeah, oh my God. It's going to be my outgoing voicemail. It's going to be great. Oh my God. Love it. <laughs> no, but I think it's so important. And like we spoke a little bit before recording, it's important to give credit when it's due. And I think a lot of people feel, I don't know, like they don't want to own up to their quote unquote titles. hundred oh, percent. No, it's so true. I feel like why well, it's also like you, it's humble because I, I think when you're in New York specifically, you're just so, you're tunnel doing focused. it, you're tunnel focused. And then you mm. look up and you're like, oh, I did this. Oh, I did this. And I also think in New York too, everybody is doing so many things Everyone's and wearing amazing. so many hats. Mm-hmm. And you are constantly feeling like, am I doing a lot? Am I, am doing, I doing enough? enough? Oh know, my God. Constantly asking ourselves that question. And then it's only in retrospect when we look back you know, at certain pockets of time where it's like, oh my God, we did that. It didn't even feel like I, I was, I didn't even feel like I was doing enough in that time. And it's sort of remarkable that you did all those things. So we, we like grapple with that all the time. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I agree because I feel like for me, every time I end an episode, I'm always so inspired by my guests because I feel like they're doing everything and they're just so badass. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like after every single episode, I'm like, oh my God, I need to do more. Um, but I want to touch up, touch a little bit about what you said, Dana, because I do think it's, I feel like it is a New Yorker thing that we don't celebrate our wins. Yeah. And we don't take time to say like, wow, I did that because we're almost programmed by the hustle and energy yeah. to, to ask ourselves what's next. Yep. I you think know? the constant, um, the energy and the fire and the pulse of the city sort of propels you to think, okay, well, what's next? That you can never really fully be in the moment um, of something you've done or accomplished, whether it's a success or a failure, because I feel like a yeah. lot of failures we've had in have actually been successes just because they've taught us so much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and- we sort of forged a path based off like what you don't want. Yes. That was our whole thing. When we got out of college, it was always like, well, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but here's the long list of what I don't want. And through that you can, you know. Right. And I think I used to be like, not ashamed, but I don't know. I, I didn't see the value of those lessons as much back then. 
because I was searching so much for what would make me happy um, and fulfilled. But all of those experiences, you know, I worked in sync licensing before Brian and I started our production company together. And, um, and while it was an incredible learning experience, like I grateful for the opportunity. Exactly. Always <laughs> but it was not for me. And I was, you know, I was so truthfully like unhappy at that time. Oh, yeah. Um, but if I hadn't gone through that and, you know, I always thought I wanted to work in music and that was sort of, you know, my big dream. And it was only through actually going through the motions and having that experience that you can sort of look back and realize like, I'm so thankful I went through with that. I had that experience. I can leave it in the past. I know I don't want it. And I have no curiosity about it. And you had some brutal internships though. Um, You did some stuff. I did some things. Yeah. Wait, hold on. I love how we're just (laughs) jumping right into it. It's awesome. (laughs) But let's just backtrack just a little. And why don't you both introduce yourself? (laughs) And then say, yeah, it's like where your background, your upbringing, um, how'd you guys meet? And then your relationship with New York City, just so, because even I don't even know. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Oh, goodness. Now I'm feeling a little nervous. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. Um, So, yeah, we we both grew up in Toronto, Canada. Um, We're actually from the same suburb in Toronto, but we never knew each other. So our classic story, which is sort of, you know, meant to be and makes you believe in fate, and everything like that is we actually met at the Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Um, we were in the same ear training class, our second year, uh, second semester of college. Yeah. Um, we sat next to each other. And as Brian likes to tell it, he feels like he felt like he had known me his whole life. I fell in love with Dana the second I saw her. It was <laughs> oh like a 90s rom-com. And you're like, that doesn't happen. It happened. I, was I love that in. so much because yeah. I love love. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, I, I I'm smiling. I, I like don't <laughs> still to this day, we've been together, what, seven years, seven, and, seven a half years? and a half years, seven and a half years, married for three and a half years. And it's, it's, it feels like yesterday, but we met in college and then we uh, moved to the city together in 2015. Fif- it's all here. <laughs> I think it was 14, 15, by the way. It's, you know, time has no meaning. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it was 2014. I worked in theater as like an assistant director on and off Broadway, and Dana worked in music in sync licensing, which is the, uh, for people who don't know, it's like the pairing of music with commercials and advertising. Um, and uh, we had those respective jobs for a couple years. And then on our honeymoon, we were, where were we? Bali? We were in... Oh, it sounds very glamorous. It does we sound very glamorous. It was amazing. We were in Bali. It was as glamorous as it sounds. It was and beautiful. we were like, we're both low-key miserable. Dana had just fit, gotten left her job and gotten a master's degree in I media... I was in the middle of my, in my master's, yeah. Yeah, in, a media, in media management. And we were like, we should just work together. Like, we didn't love working for other people. We both sort of... I think we both are like natural storytellers and always... And, all, and have very similar ideas of... Um, just like very similar creative instincts and likes and dislikes. And we always thought that if we had joined forces that we could play off of each other's like strengths and weaknesses um, and create something really special together. Um, And, and yeah, it was sort of in that moment on our honeymoon where we said to ourselves, why not? Let's go back to New York and let's give it a go. Um, Brian, just to backtrack a little bit, we both have a, a history in theater. I was more from the performing arts side of singing and dancing and 
acting in, you know, in theater. And Brian had a theater company from the age of 16, yeah. um, a community theater company in Toronto, where he put on, what was it, three productions a year yeah. for 10 years? Yeah. Um, so. You're like my agent. Tra- I love yeah. No, I love <laughs> I'm your PR. PR. Yeah, you're my, you're my PR. I love PR, it. But you're hired. Our transition into Broadway shows and theater was a really natural one. And then, of course, in conjunction, um, Arts and Food NYC, which um, sort of, I'm guessing, you know, I feel like with so many influencers, like it started as a hobby and something really fun. And then it sort of took on the life of its own. And, and it's, that's also been like a huge joy in our life. Huge. Oh, I'm curious to know when you guys started AF Creative Media, and that's obviously focusing on Broadway and producing, what, what made you decide to make the um, blog and the Instagram account more focused, I guess you can say food? and arts and not Broadway, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, that's a good question. We started the, so it's funny, arts and food started as a hobby. We had moved to New York from Boston and we were like, you know what? We're eating all this phenomenal food. I think New York has the best food in the world. I think there is everything you could want. And, you know, people on our regular Instagram, I don't think we're enjoying the pictures of pasta every night and so we started it and as with the old days of instagram uh when there was sort of not less but it it was sort of easier in a way we had amassed sort of you know ten thousand followers within a year and we got invited to our first event um which was we were invited to the to the opening of boucherie Oh yeah. Oh, I the love them. Yeah. yeah. And we thought it was the coolest oh my God, it was cool thing. thing in the world. And these food bloggers stuff were like celebrities. We were like, oh my gosh, there's this one. There's that one. It was wild. <laughs> and from there, we sort of, I think it was at the turn when influencing became something mm-hmm. you could, um, earn a living at and do full time. And through that, it sort of picked up steam and became this sort of secondary thing. And so we we've always sort of chosen to focus on food and our relationship and our personalities. And I think, I think the, I think that the, the, the arts component comes out more in, in terms of like who we are, like we're artsy and we are dancing okay, with it. our cats and stuff like that. But with our broad, with AF creative media, it's just the work we do. It's just the work we do. And it takes so long. And it's also not just us, right? We have partners on shows and we want to respect everybody's privacy. And we, um, you know, we don't want to share anybody's information. Like we're such an open book, but not everybody is. And so we just want to be cognizant and respectful of, of everybody on our, you know, on our team and on our projects that we're not, you know, sharing parts of you know the project or their life that they that they don't want to be publicized on social media but i'm sure it's the same with you you know we look at each other all the time and we're like oh is this the type of content we should be doing how should we reapproach i think every two weeks we talk about changing our name but it's sort of like this embedded you know i mean for you do you find that you're always sort of looking to shift and look at new content in different ways to portray like your life because you're so ingrained in your brand A hundred percent. I think for me, when I first started again, just like you guys doing Instagram as a hobby, um, I was sharing a lot of fashion and like street style, but I felt a little pigeonholed and I was like, I have so much to share. Like I love, I love food. I love travel. I love just like everything related to New York because I am a native. Yeah. So I started to just say like, tell myself, share what you love, right? Because Mm -hmm. once you stop doing that, then this whole thing does not work out for me personally. No, 100%. 
so I shifted from strictly fashion and street style to lifestyle. Right. And then I also, I'm a huge lover of travel and I knew I wanted to not necessarily become a travel blogger, but I, I was always fascinated by that world. And I was like, oh my God, how are these people going to these amazing places? I mean, I would do it naturally by myself, regardless of yeah. brand partnerships, but I wanted that. And then I made the decision to shift more to travel. So I do agree. And I think it's important to acknowledge that Instagram, when if you are uh, managing it for years, you are growing and evolving as a person. So your platform is going to reflect that, you know? That's so true. That's the most, it's so simple, but it's so true. And I think sometimes people are like, this is a food account. This is a fashion Mm -hmm, account. mm -hmm. You are, you're kind of pigeonholed into that. But, you know, as you grow up and like, even for Brian and I is like, we're family planning and, you know, like we're going to have a family someday. It's like, I could just see our content completely, mm-hmm. not completely changing, but evolving, you know? But the beauty of it is that while you may, and this is inevitable, lose followers, yeah, you will also gain, fo- yes. you know, newer followers that are going to want to embark on the journey with you. And I always yeah. feel like if my content isn't serving you, I don't take it personally, like feel free to unfollow me because it's vice versa, right? I mean, I can be following somebody and then automatically, let's say they, you know, post views or values that I don't agree with. I'm not going to just, you know, stick around for that. Yeah, 100%. Because it's so interesting on social media specifically, you're, I always find it fascinating. People, and I'm sure it happens to you, it sounds so weird to say, but like we've been stopped and people have like come up to us and said, you know, I respond to your content. Hi, nice to meet you, all this stuff. And it's so amazing, but it's so odd because I think you sort of don't realize that you're putting out this really organic version of who you are, but it's so true and it's, you're being judged. But you know what? I also think it's, how you grow, I think it's how you grow. so amazing. Like I feel like I have friendships and relationships with other influencers and just, you know, certain followers of ours online. I've never even met them. Mm-hmm. And yet I feel like I know them. It's so it's so it, vulnerable, but it's, it's so, so amazing. incredible. Yeah, I it's think amazing. like that connectivity is so is something is the listen, there's a lot of dark sides of social media, but in terms of the positives, I think that's one of like the beautiful things that social media can really bring people in a community together. I agree a hundred percent. I feel like when I, for, I mean, when the in- industry was blooming around 2014, 2015, I met a lot of people through events and they're like my best friends now. And yeah. I don't, you know, in the beginning I was like, oh, she's my blogger friend. But now they're just, they're just my friend period. Yeah. And for the most part, we don't even talk about Instagram or blog. They're, they know my personal life. They're there for me. And even with travel, I've met people in foreign countries who, again, complete strangers, but built this relationship through Instagram. And I've traveled with them and I've, we've like, you know, stayed together. So it's, it is powerful for sure. I think that is so cool. But let's talk about how you guys are working together, like as a married couple who also (laughs) run a business together. Like, let's be honest, okay? This is an honest platform. Do you guys yep. get sick of each other? Like, what what is the reality behind the scenes of living together, working together, breathing each other's air? Like, yeah. tell me about that. 
number one. This is the big question. This is the big question that we get all the time. And we have a very disappointing answer. And we have the most. Oh my God. What is it that you guys don't argue? No, we we definitely like disagree. But you know what? We were best. So we met and we were best friends for two and a half years before we formed. Oh, okay. That's key. Yeah. At the core of our relationship is like this fundamental mutual respect, this fundamental friendship. We were there for each other through breakups, through dating other people. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. But you knew that. You were in love with her, and you yeah. didn't voice this until two years later. So, I, uh, so I, <laughs> I would, basically, in a nutshell, I, Dan and I met in January. I had a girlfriend, and I broke up. Uh, we broke up in February, um, and I sort of waited around. <laughs> Until Dana, you know, I came to my senses. So she came to her senses. Got it. Got it. Been sort of riding off into the sunset ever since. uh, (laughs) You know, based off that question of like, do we get sick of each other? Because it is true. Listen, you know, we're we're married. We work together. It's it's twenty four seven. You know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I think that we still really like. It's funny. We love each other, but I think the most important thing to say to that question is we still really like each other. Yeah, very much so. You know, oh my like, god, yes. Yeah, like we like hanging out with each other. Like like even when we're upset with each other, we still want to hang out together. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing, biggest, um, uh, I would say the biggest, like, pro, you know, thing that is the glue to that is just our, we just are constantly communicating with each other. Yeah. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. Even when they're hard things to communicate about, we we make an effort to to talk things out and therefore you know we may not always agree but i can always respect where brian's coming from and you can always respect where i'm coming from and and is there a separation do you guys create like a routine or a schedule where it's like hey we are going to hang out as a couple and we are not going to talk about work or or does work if, and you no. know always comes up you know what? It's actually been really hard. And before the pandemic, it's it's that was it was, our biggest that was, struggle. It, that was a huge problem. So we would go on a date night, mm-hmm. and it was designated as a date night. But and people would be like, "Aren't you always together?" We're like, "No, this is a date night." And you know, it would be great. And then forty five minutes in, we would we talk, talk about, about work. it. Would just move into work because we're so ingrained. And and you know, it's you know the people you work with are also the people you have dinner with, and it's it's all mm-hmm. sort of on top of but each that, other. That's that's a good question because that was a big. That was not a problem, but, but a big issue for us. But it was a big issue. It was really hard to turn off the work side of our relationship at times and just be like Dana and Brian, just be you know the two of us and have a romantic evening without talking about you know work. But the pan with the pandemic, and this I think has been like a a positive takeaway from this experience is you know because you know we've been able to like sort of take a step back from, you know, certain projects and you're not networking as much, and you're not going out as much. We've had a lot more couple time together and that's been really nice. Okay. That's great. Because I was going to ask if the pandemic really even affected the, I don't want to say work-life balance, but you know, as, as a couple who didn't, who don't work together. Right. And they yeah. do go to the office and then transitioning from living together yeah. and then yeah. working together. I guess you guys didn't really have that. This is like our Olympics. That was the joke that I would. We were training. We've been training for this. I would say the most, I would say maybe once a week, there would be a meeting that we would take on our own. 
but maybe once every two weeks at the time. Cause as we sort of built this business together, it's, it's Dana and Brian. It's, it's, you know, it's sort of, and there were like some photo shoots that, you know, you would do that I, I would do because like, I'd be at a different meeting. Yeah. Right. Like things okay. that you have to sort of like, you know, double team on, but mm -hmm. in terms of like being together in the pandemic, yeah, we, this is something we're obviously so used to. It's more life than work though, because for Broadway, it's unfortunately been shut down. So we're, you know, in the, in the planning stage of a lot of projects. And we feel very grateful that we were in the development of those projects and we, um, you know, we, we didn't have to close down a huge company, but it's been sort of, it's very interesting with the, with having both the influencer side and the content creation for theater and, and other things is that um, the influencer side can always pick up the slack if the other side isn't. So it really yeah. has been knock on wood great to have sort of the two sides uh, throughout the time. But it's, you know, if we're bored, we can always go create a phenomenal recipe. And it's just been sort of this, as you were saying, because the Instagram is such an extension of who you are at all times, as you manifest, you can always find new ways to channel that into content. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. So looking back at what you guys both have done, either individually or together, when have you felt the most proud? Oh. Like, what is the highlight of your career, I guess? Or it can be personal life. Well, I think... Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> um... I would say the highlight of my personal life and the career is my relationship. I think working... I think part of the reason I left directing to be completely honest and, and wanted to move into producing and wanted to work with Dana is so many people I, I looked up, you know, about to get married and so many people I was working for were so unhappy in their personal life. And they, you know, had the awards and the accolades and they were such high phenomenal achievers in their careers. And, you know, if you Googled them, you'd be like, wow, like this is the career I want to emulate. And in their personal life, I mean, some of them were happy and had beautiful personal lives, but for the most part, they were, they were all, you know, they had given up that side of their life for, um, the work. And so, so for me, I think the greatest achievement, it's so corny, it's so cheesy, but it's actually so true. Is no, like but I, this I, relationship. I think the, listen, I think that, I think that the success of arts and food and the success of AF creative media is because we work together. We both bring yeah, very different things to the table and, you know, we can really play off each other. And so for me, working together has been my, like, and it was an adjustment at the beginning, right? Oh, because yeah. you're starting, you're learning, because you're in a relationship, but you're not actually like working, working together. So just sort of like learning how to play off each other. And, you know, if we're in a meeting and I fumble, you know, Brian swooping in and picking up, you know, the slack or vice versa. And, yeah, I would say it's also our relationship. You know, obviously there's been, you know, some awards and some like pivotal moments. Yeah, we won a Tony Award. That was pretty cool. It was really cool. That's amazing. Our girl Brian was pretty like freaking out. And <laughs> like, you know, and like there's a few shows we're working on specifically. Um, we're working on a show called Nowhere Boy based off the story of a young um, John Lennon. And we're also working on a musical about Nelson Mandela in partnership with the Mandela family. And that was pretty like, wow. I, I'm trying not to swear that. I mean, that was pretty, can I swear? Oh, you can, yeah, I mean, that was oh pretty God, surreal. Like we went for dinner to Porterhouse with, you know, the, you know, granddaughter of Nelson Mandela and great grandson. And we're talking about bringing a show to Broadway. And I looked at Dana and I'm like, 
I mean, yeah, as you talk about it, that, or we went with a walk with one of our business partners who was, you know, the lead producer of Avenue Q. And I looked at Dana and I'm like, she's talking about singing a song from that in college. And I'm like, do you realize like, this is the woman who made it happen? Like, it's all those kinds of things that Mm -hmm. it's like, they're these small, proud moments. I think, you know, I think in any industry, it's about, and especially in New York City, um, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's just really about like cultivating the right people around you because you can really get, you can get swept up in the wrong crowd or have the wrong, you know, business partners. You sound like a 50 year old. You're like, no. you can swept up in the wrong crowd. I know, what are, you, wrong, what are wrong you doing thing. in Central Park no, at midnight? No, but it's true. Like, you know, and I think that's really like, there's so many people here and so many people want to like, you know, either they, everybody wants something, right? But I think that's the truth. Oh, it's true. But no, like, it's true. It's I think true. that the people that we've surrounded ourselves with, you know, God willing, have been really good, yeah. smart, intelligent thought leaders. And I'm just really proud of the, you know, the creatives that we have chosen to work with on on projects that we that we currently have. And and it feels like um, feels like good vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I say all the time. Good vibes yeah. only. And yeah. and your vibe attract attracts your tribe. Yes. Oh, I my God. That. I Can't love that. that. Your <laughs> vibe, I'm putting that on a t-shirt. Your That's vibe it. attracts your tribe. So I cool. didn't come up with it. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I'm stealing it from whoever. You know, I think it's so <laughs> true. And I think we don't. Look, before I met Dana, if I I would never think that I would use the word manifest. But then at the end of the day, you realize that, like, it really is. It's, it's what you put out there and, and your goals and what you're hoping to achieve you really do attract people into your life that nurture you and then eventually specifically in new york and with this sort of pace of things i think we all become really experts at sort of getting rid of the toxicity because there Mm -hmm. isn't enough time in the day so you have to learn how to eject the toxicity as soon as you have a gut reaction And, and the second you have sort of an inkling of oh this might not be the right person or the right thing to surround myself with it won't give me the fuel i need I but think- it's not always perfect. You know, we all have to make, you know, adjustments and compromises and, you know, potentially work with, you know, people that know that you, that aren't, you know, you don't want to go necessarily grab a drink with after work, but, but their quality of work and what they bring to the table is a value. So I think it's just sort of a, a, you know, yeah. a blend of, of both, but also, like you said, like not compromising who you are and like your core beliefs. You guys are speaking my language. Like <laughs> literally everything you said, that's what I breathe and what I preach for. And like all my friends know that. But speaking of, you know, like the proud moments and the highlights, I also want you guys to just be completely honest and raw because that's exactly what my platform is about. And I want to ask you guys what keeps you up at night. And it sounds like a simple question, but it sounds like you guys also have everything you know, good and like yeah. it's there's like a bow tie and you guys no, are happy. No, no. It's a very messy bow tie. <laughs> but I think like as New Yorkers, you know, we we're always we just go go go. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't celebrate the wins. We don't talk about the struggles. And if we do have struggles, we either pretend we don't or we just say, you know what? Well, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna maneuver through, it, and that's it. 100%. But given everything that's happened this year, has been so crazy. Yeah. What? In this current moment today, like what is stressing you guys out? And like, again, it can be related to the professional life or personal, whatever you guys feel like sharing. But yes, what what is that thing on your mind right now that you're like, oh, 
How long, how long do you have? You no, know, <laughs> it's so funny. I think before the pandemic, for me, it was, you know, in the producing world, there aren't a lot of young people. There aren't a lot of young producers, let alone young female producers. And I think I always felt really self-conscious um, and that I had a lot to prove. And that would give me a ton of anxiety, like to be completely honest with you. Um, and I really struggled and still am working on finding my voice in in certain meetings, you know? So, you know, we'd have these meetings and then all of a sudden it would be over. And then, then I would feel comfortable with those inner circle people to say what I think, you know? And, that, and that's something that I... I was and continue to work on is finding my voice and realizing that, you know, I don't have all the answers and I'm, I may not be as experienced as, you know, all of my counterparts, but I have something to say and what I have some, what I have to say is a value. Um, so that's been like a big, um, something big that I personally have been working on. And then in terms of the pandemic, I think it's just been acceptance, you know, like there's been so many unknowns and, you know, with Broadway shut down and, you know, even with Instagram, like, you know, we, you know, with sponsorships, like there are great months, you know, as an influencer, there are great mm -hmm. months where you're getting a lot of sponsorship opportunities. And then there are really quiet months where, you know, there's nothing really going on and just sort of accepting um, that there's ebbs and flows and that a lot of what's happening right now is really out of our control and just to realize that like this pocket of space in our life was presented for a reason. And, um, and I think before the pandemic too, to be completely honest with you, like I was like getting sick all the time. All the and time. I was, I was just like really running myself ragged, you know, like I was just running around 24 seven, never thought I could do enough. I was getting sick. I, I don't think I was there. I really wasn't using the element of self care. Um, at all. And, it didn't exist. And it didn't exist. And I, and I, and I don't want to go back there, you know, like, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm working so hard that I'm literally getting sick all the time and not taking care of myself. So there's been a lot of lessons for me, a lot of reflection. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of acceptance that like, there's a lot of things that are in my control right now. And a lot of things that aren't, and all I can do is, you know, plan for the future whenever that actually is. So that that's my answer. Yeah, I think that's wow. No, it's it's. I think it's all the same thing. And then for us, the big conversation has been throughout the pandemic when it started. So we were actually in Florida. We went because we were we were you know running ragged and we had three days. And so we went to Florida and we were like, you know, we're gonna go for three days. And then we were having such a good time. We extended and then we were there for three months. And I think the conversation for us has always been like, what's keeping me up at night is like, do we go? We're Canadian. Do we go back be with our families? Mm. I, have, I mean, we haven't seen our families in a year. Where. We, I mean, thank God for FaceTime and all this, but that's been a huge thing and sort of, you know, when will work pick up? And also, you know, I someone said at the very, very, very beginning of this, it is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And I don't think, I think the line keeps moving of how long this marathon mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And it's, look, everyone's being kept awake by the election. We can't vote. We have tons of opinions and we cannot vote. I think that's a big deal where, you know, in no, a country, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we're in a country where where we've lived for ten years, and we're and we still can't. You know, we can open a bank account, but they don't accept our passports because they're Canadian. So mm -hmm. you know, I have to. You know, it's 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 a really interesting place to be, where it's like this is your home, but you know, not to get too political, but 
the immigration policies affect us because yeah, we're an hour flight to the North in Canada, but it's it, the border's closed right now. So like we could go in, but you know, if we didn't have the visas we're on, we like our families will have trouble getting here. So it's a really sort of, that keeps me up at night. And then, yeah, I, a lot of things keep me up at night, but I think it's at the end of the day, it's like, how do I be the best version of myself? And how do I get through the day putting my pillow, putting my head on my pillow and like loving the things I've done or being at peace with like the decisions I've made in that day is always mm-hmm. the goal. And I think that's how you like survive a lifetime in New York is it's not about years. It's about days. And when you, what did the, uh, what's her name say when we first moved here the first week about like how quickly everything goes, what did she say? Oh, I had a friend who just said like, you know, I've been here for three years and it feels like I've been here for three minutes, you know, like it just, mm. it, goes, it can go by so quick. This pandemic has taught me that too. Like, I can't believe it's like you said, at the yeah, beginning. there was November. It's yeah. Crazy. Somebody said something like this is the longest year, but the shortest year. And I think yeah. the longest because we've been in quarantine forever, but then the shortest because you look back and you're like, what did I even do? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And you want to do because you want to motivate yourself because we've mm-hmm. all chosen to live in New York. So, you know, we're, we're, we're fueled by this fire at all times, but here you realize it's like the things and, you know, the things you're putting out, you know, if you get to it tomorrow, it, it won't be, you know, there's still tomorrow and you have to be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. So speaking of being kind to yourself and taking it day by day, how do you guys personally define success? Like, what does that even mean? And then, (laughs) this is real life. It's real life. (laughs) And then the follow-up question is like, what, what does happiness look like to you guys? So success and happiness. Because I feel like those are two things that, everybody strives for but like what does that even mean that's so funny because i would have answered what is success i would say (laughs) Uh, yeah okay i mean i don't i don't know Uh, um i think it's so funny i when i was little i have amazing parents i love my parents very much and i think they're wonderful people and they're you know they've you know they're they're phenomenal i can't say enough about them But, you know, as a kid and wanting to be in theater and wanting to be in the arts, it was always, you know, I want to live a big life and I want to, you know, do big things and I want to achieve a lot and all this. And I think like if anything, I've learned in the past eight months and, you know, I'm the ripe age of 29. I'm, you know, the three O is around the corner. And I just think like real, genuine happiness for me is the definition of success and having people around me who look at who I enrich their life and they enrich my life is sort of my definition of success and like a few more Tony awards, but like, really, I I have a few like real pillars that to me, I would feel like if they happen, like I would feel successful, you know, for instance, the two shows we were discussing, um, you know, as we're lead producers on those and sort of, there are little babies, um, you know, the, that moment where God willing, we bring it to Broadway and, uh, you know, it, it is received with, uh, with open arms and is a critical, you know, success. And I don't know, I have a vision of us, you know, it being, you know, not, you know, I have big dreams, you know, being nominated for a Tony and going up there and accepting it. And, you know, that, that to me would be like such a moment of success and, and just feeling like, you know, as we get older and as we, 
you know, you sort of transition out of being like a young adult in the city to an adult in the city, you know, really being able to like create a life here, you know, like have a home and feel like it's yours and you have a community of people and, you know, a family and your relationships and your work and all of those different uh, different aspects of the city and your community around you is like fueling your happiness and you feel like um, the the machine is working for you, not against you. If that makes sense. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That goes on shirt next to uh, <laughs> the, the vibe and tribe yeah, one. Yeah, the vibe and tribe. Vibe, the vibe and tribe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. near you. <laughs> Sorry. Coming, those shirts are coming to an Etsy store oh. near you soon, yeah. Yes, we will, we will put that in the show. Yeah, we'll put that, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so my podcast is called The City Confessions. And the reason why is because um, after, you know, we talk, uh, I like to end it with asking my guests to review a confession. And I know it sounds much more like juicier than it, than it really is. But the reason why is because I feel like Again, going back to how we are such go-getters and always on the go, I had this moment where I like left my apartment and I was like, wow, I come across so many people, right? Like from the moment that I leave my apartment to getting to wherever I need to go, going throughout my day and then going back home. And I was like looking at the subway. This is obviously pre-pandemic, but I was like, wow, we all... I had this, like, <laughs> I was envisioning, like, invisible bubbles, like, on top of our heads, and everybody has, like, a secret, and I was, like, how cool would it be if we just kind of reveal that and, like, normalize whatever that is? It could be something silly, something deep, um, but if you guys were to complete the sentence of my confession is, what would that be? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Dana, go first. Mm. I know I feel like I'm putting you guys on the spot but no, let no, me just okay. oh my gosh wow you guys are so popular no, no that was my mother see you know we're very, you know, we're very uh, popular Our, yeah, this we is are, the Canadian we difference were, we were saved by the bell gave us a few minutes <laughs> no yeah it's fine I was going to like try to help you guys and say like if you know, what, question... you know what actually came to mind for me yeah. my confession would be um it would be about one of my internships when I first came <laughs> to the city. I have two funny confessions. I have to give both because now they just put yes into mind. One was um, I was an intern. I was an intern at a big music publishing company, and they were having their Christmas holiday party, and they had given me the task to wrap all of the Christmas trees. Um, so Brian and I are Jewish, and I had never wrapped a tree before, so I have no idea how to do it. So I, I, I did the best I could. I thought to myself, I looked online, I went, did a little YouTube tutorial. I try, I wrapped maybe 10 trees. They hated the job I did and made me unwrap. It took me hours, made me unwrap days. all of the trees and rewrap them. And it was the most, um, they shamed you. No, you're missing the part. They of- took you to the, <laughs> the middle of the cubicles and yelled at you. It was awful. About not they made me unwrap and rewrap the trees, and that was pretty. That was pretty awful. And then another funny confession is my first job in New York City. I, <laughs> I had a boss who had these plants who had names, which I will not name, but the plants had names. Why name plants? No, no, and they had gone out of town for a week. Hold on, can I just pause for a second? Sure. The 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 plants 
you know when like you travel to foreign countries you can't bring uh mm-hmm. like plants into the country mm-hmm. plants were smuggled in they were they were like smuggled in plants that didn't exist in the u.s and and go on dana and That's they were what... in the office my office was actually really far away from where i was living at the time and they had made me come into the office for a week including on the weekends not to work not to anything just to water the plants and take pictures of the plants and send them. <laughs> every day she uh, yeah. it was it was um it was one of the lower moments for me. And so. what is your confession that you skipped a day? That's that. There the... you go. And my confession is, if you're listening and you know who you are, that I skipped a day and I didn't go in. And there, and I hope your plants are still alive. <laughs> I love it. It's like the weirdest things, but it can only happen in New York. I have oh one more actually. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. Just one more little tidbit. When I was also working at the music publishing place, do you remember? This that one of the women wanted us to go pick up her bespoke raisins that she got from the chef that <laughs> was working at a school and and had a kitchen in the basement and she made me go in the middle of the day to pick up her bespoke raisins and when I came back to the office and I gave them to her she said well you can have one because you went to go get them and I was like it's how, a raisin one raisin how good of you to give me one artisanal raisin and that and and that I will stop with that and there you go <laughs> and my conf- uh what's my confession uh <laughs> um I I once uh my New York confession is that during one of my first jobs um, I lost someone's dry cleaning and then convinced them that I had given it to them, but they were crazy. Um, and it was in their closet and uh, that, you know, and it was hanging there and they believed me and they believed me. That's why. Wow. Yeah. We, it, we, we were terrible interns. This is why we were ourselves. We were not. You just gotta fake it till you make it. Especially yeah, as an intern. That's the New York way. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, I'm still faking it to this Amen. day. Amen. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. You know, it's just, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I need a good laugh. Maybe I should go get myself some bespoke raisins. my God. <laughs> so I want to touch base a little bit on food since we didn't really talk about that. And just really quick, like on top of your head for each of you guys, what is your favorite restaurant in New York City? Um, yeah. Oh, number God. one okay del posto del posto okay both of you guys that's, agree wow such a bougie answer but like it's so good there you know it's so funny we went to nisi before mm-hmm. the pandemic started and i was like just completely blown away um there have been so many restaurants that i've been to that i just think are spectacular and very much are doing their own thing and we have our own favorites um I Carbone, just, Lartuzzi. Yeah, you know my Don favorite re- my restaurant. My favorite restaurant in New York closed, which was Takashi. Oh my um, god! Have you ever been there? Mm-mm. It was. I mean, it sounds awesome. Phenomenal. <laughs> that, that they had midnight ramen. They had naki, uh, yakiniku. It was like that would have been on par to me with um, Del, Posto. Del Posto. And, it was and what is your favorite cuisine? Do you guys have one? Yeah. Uh, I think that it's so funny. I would have to just go with Italian because I'm always drawn to like pastas and pizzas and those fresh salads and burratas and cheeses and um like you just can't say no to Italian food right I would say it's that and also I am love 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 ramen mm-hmm. um just to put it out there my favorite ramen spot in New York is called Junman Ramen it's a, I don't know if you've been it's a small little place in Chelsea they have great ramen bowls and uh, amazing bao buns and my favorite is Greek Greek food is my favorite. Oh, I love Greek too. 
Greece is my favorite. I can eat it all day. Okay. We went to Greece. I was like, it was like I was at Disneyland. I was <laughs> such a happy camper. Give me some feta and give me some tzatziki, <laughs> and I'm so happy. Is there a food controversy that you guys either disagree on, or is like a something that what what is like that term called when it's like a like a hot topic, a hot topic about a hot take? Like I don't, yeah. I've put my foot in my mouth over this. I'm not like such a fan of like the stuffed things, like the burger stuffed with mac and cheese, like that, like that stuff. It's like, I don't like they're Instagram worthy, but to mm-hmm. actually eat like they're very tough to eat. You know, they're, they're not... so heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that there's a lot of like Instagrammable dishes um, that are sort of like made for Instagram. But then when you try them themselves, like they're just not that they're not good. And some of them are really good and really well done. But some of them are just so much you don't even like know where to start. You know, they're just it's very confusing. Um, <laughs> I honestly kind of feel like on Instagram, like people are moving away from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, well, because we all realize that food waste is an actual thing that we should all be aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this um, episode is actually going live the week before Thanksgiving, and I oh. wanted to ask you guys if you guys can share some of your Thanksgiving tips. Like, what if? you know, given with the pandemic. So like, let's say, I mean, I don't know how people are celebrating it now and if people are, but what are your, maybe like some tips on like easy dishes or don't forget this? Like, so what can I, you guys share? That's so funny. So Thanksgiving is an is a really an American, American holiday. So growing mm. up, we never had it. When I say Greek food is my first food, my second favorite food is like anything you have at Thanksgiving. Like, it's my favorite mm. time of year. I Never think. forget the stuffing. Don't forget the stuffing. You always want, like, two types of gravy. I feel like you want to give options. Or two types of stuffing. And two types of I stuffing. Think like a, I think a meat stuffing and a vegetarian stuffing is really nice. Super classy. Um, Cornbread stuffing you want. Oh, yeah, I right. also think, like, we went to a Thanksgiving, like, two years ago, and the girl was like, I'm so over uh, uh, turkey. And so she served, like, a chicken, and I was like, serve a turkey. I think that's like my big like Thanksgiving tip is like have a turkey. I think like, gobble gobble. I think that with Thanksgiving coming up, there's so many ways to celebrate. I think that you you know even if you're not with all of your family, you can do something small, get dressed up, set the table really nicely. You know maybe make personalized individual cards for everybody. Maybe get everybody at the table you know a little small token or a small gift or takeaway. Um, you know, just to make everybody feel really good and thankful or, or, you know, in your cards, write something that, you know, you're thankful for, thankful for about them. Um, And in terms of recipes, I say like stick to the classics. We are all in need of some serious comfort food right now and just lean into it. Don't, don't second guess it, but we all have a little bit of extra time. So if you want to get creative and do like a modern spin on a classical dish, that's That's I'm all for it. Hmm, I love that. And just talking about being grateful and giving thanks, I just want to take a moment now to acknowledge both of your presence, your energy, and just showing up today. I know that we had a little bit of, not difficulty, but just going back and forth with scheduling. And I'm just so happy that you guys both penciled me in, in your (laughs) schedule. And I never take people's time for granted because you are not getting this 46 minutes back. (laughs) So I hope that it was worthwhile, but I really do just appreciate you guys sharing your stories. And also I want to say that you both have like very good voices. 
Like, oh, I feel like cool. I can just hear you guys all the time. Like, oh, thank I don't you. Know. you guys can like start a podcast. <laughs> and I want to and I want to say thank you to you for having us and highlighting all these different stories. And you know, it's it's uh, I, it's so amazing to stop and and take moment in this time to have human connection. And mm-hmm. like, you know, this has been such just a great forty six minutes and thirty five seconds. It's awesome. <laughs> and awesome. And hopefully, when this pandemic is over, we can grab a drink somewhere. Yes, for sure. In a very crowded bar. Yes, we're <laughs> crowded. <laughs> um. Okay. Before we actually wrap it up, I have two more questions. Okay. So, we always have to end on a positive note, and I want you guys to share what is one thing you love most about each other. And then one thing you love most about yourself. Oh my gosh, this is so lovely. Everybody <laughs> needs to do this. I just do it every moment. I know. Um, okay, one thing I love about Brian is he always makes me feel safe when I'm with him. Um, no matter what the circumstances are, I always feel like he has my back in every single situation. And I would say you always make me feel you always make the impossible possible. Always. Aww. Very simply. Always. And then, oh gosh, about myself. One thing I love about myself. Um, I think that I think that um, I've overcome a lot of insecurities over the years. And I'm just really proud of this, how strong and resilient um, of a woman I've become. Yeah. Uh, I have great hair. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have great, great hair. hair. I have great no, hair. No, I you do. I was looking yeah. at the photos on your Instagram. There you, go. I have great, you know, I have great hair. I need to get it cut every two weeks because it grows really quick. It's how are you doing? How are you managing it now? Um, well, right now you should see it. I haven't gone in like a month, and it looks. It, I, I look, you know, like, you know, terrible. But um, it's it's been the barbers in the barber shops in New York, honestly. I've been really good. So normally I get like a beer trim and a haircut. They're not doing the beer trims, but they've been like really safe. They're doing an amazing job. It's been, uh, it's been really great. And they're all small businesses. So you go and mm-hmm. you want you want to help them. And, you know, it's been really awesome. Amazing. And now is your chance to plug in anything and everything you want to share. I know you guys mentioned that you guys are producing two shows, but if you have any other secret projects or news that you want to just, you know, present right now um let the listeners know what can they be on the lookout from you guys within the next month to close out 2020 or in 2021 well first of all if you do not follow us already follow us ahead um on at arts and food underscore nyc on instagram for our crazy food relationship adventures with our cats with our cats um We have a really exciting business called Broad Influence that we've been working on for the last year and a half, which sort of combines Broadway and influencers together. That is all we are going to say about it now, but we are really excited about bringing, oh my gosh, um, bringing our experience as producers and influencers and sort of melding it together. So that's sort of a passion project that we've been working on for a really long time. So um, we're really excited about that. And in terms of the shows we're working on, uh, Nowhere Boy and Mandela, which are, you know, slated hopefully to come to the stage in the next two to three years. Oh, my goodness. Um, And we were supposed to open Company, which was supposed to open on Broadway right before the pandemic hit. So hopefully once Broadway comes back and is up and running, um, Company will be on Broadway, which uh, instead of a man being in the lead role, it's actually a woman. 
So I definitely, yes. that's um, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, people and especially New Yorkers can get on board with. So come, come on down and see it. That sounds so exciting. And I will leave all the information, the links um, in the show notes. So be sure to click on that guys. Um, but with that being said, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for an amazing, oh, wow. amazing so, And episode. now you'll know how much our families call us. Yeah, it was our yeah. <laughs> There we go. On that note, guys, remember to call your moms. Um, exactly. And I hope you guys have a beautiful week and Thanksgiving. And stay tuned for next week's episode. All right. Bye. Bye.